Hello, 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 everyone, and welcome back to the Dynasty Wonderland. Yes, that's right, with me, the Mad Chatter, Ryan MK, and of course, as always, the man, the salary captain, Mr. Aaron Stewart. How's it going, buddy? Oh, doing good, man, doing good. We have made it through week 11. Yes. Not going to lie, and I catch a whole, whole lot of the game. I don't think I missed much, too. <laughs> no, no. No, Bucks kind of rolled. They did, it, you know, I was of the opinion that uh, the Giants might put up a fight and they were going to have the full complement of, uh, you know, weapons. Uh, but Barkley gets beat up uh, in the game and we see Devontae Booker and it, fucking Saquon, man. I love that dude. He just can't stay healthy. He just can't do it. It sucks. And I know he's been dealing with shit all season, but uh, it's unfortunate. And uh, Danny Dimes was just, you, you know, you have hope for Danny Dimes, but then he does Danny shit Dimes where things. he just turns the fucking ball over Danny turnover. And, it, you know, it, Danny turnover is going to get you nowhere. So it, yeah, it became a, a bucks rolling pretty quick, but uh Man, eh, what are you gonna do? <laughs> right, uh, and with Tampa Bay, they're just they're getting healthy up, uh, at the right time. You know, they, a lot of people have been kind of piling on them because they had lost back to back games, and there was bye week two. It just wasn't pretty. But you know, every team is going to have that two week, three week stretch where they're just not firing on all cylinders. And what what helps with Tampa Bay is that really in the NFL this season. There, a lot of these teams haven't looked like the teams at the top haven't always looked the best. I mean, I know we'll get into some of this in greater detail, but the Titans, who have been rolling over everyone, lose to the Texans. You know, and even even with the Cardinals, who have been dealing with some injury problems, in you know, it was like, man, they don't feel like a nine and two team right now. But it's it's weird, and with this game. Tampa Bay, as mentioned, got back to being healthy, and the Giants, golly, it's been a train wreck since before the season started. Like, how are you going to have success with Daniel Jones, Jason Garrett calling plays, Barkley banged up, as you talked about? Like, it's just, it's a train wreck. They scored 10 points. That's what I expect from the Giants offense each week. Yep, can't disagree with much there. And, uh, you know, it is crazy. I spoke a little bit about it in the infirmary report. Yes, you can check that out with Player Profiler every Sunday morning that comes out. Now, I was talking a little bit about uh, what we call the parity in the NFL. And just, I mean, road teams are winning at a higher clip. Uh, uh, we've got all these upsets and, uh, you know, a lot of this is probably, if you compare it to most years is probably not extreme in, in, you know, it's not different in any extreme way, but it does feel a little different. And like the road teams, you don't know if maybe last year with no fans, if maybe that screwed everything. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is things feel just different this year. It's kind of wacky. It doesn't feel like there's a clear cut top two, not just like NFC, AFC, but overall, because everybody, you know, has some sort of flaw. Everybody's had some funky games. So it's, it's, it's very weird this year. It's very weird. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we talked in the past in previous weeks about how, Oh man, like we're getting all these great games and we're due for a clunker and what we got tonight. So yes. I, I had the game on mainly for some background noise and right. there wasn't really a whole lot of moments there where I went, yeah, I really want to watch this game. Like you just kind of chalk it up to being middle of the season, just fatigue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was kind of busy through the first part of the game, was just catching little bits, and then when I actually sat down to watch it, it was lots of Giants uh, turning the ball over and penalties, and it was just like, yeah, okay, I don't need to really see the Bucks roll, but, you know, it is what it is, but um, despite the primetime games falling off a little bit, we have been, you know, quite lucky this year as far as those go, right. 
But we head into discussing the rest of week 11. And I must say, first of all, happy Turkey Week, Mr. Aaron. We have Thanksgiving this week. I went all sorts of into the history of Thanksgiving and why there's probably not more Thanksgiving movies. And uh, on the Miscellaneous Debris podcast, which you can find anywhere you find this one. So uh, Turkey Week, we'll kind of discuss the Thanksgiving Day games as we go along through our week 11 observations and off with their heads and let's get right to it off with their heads i'll go ahead and start uh russ and the seahawks offense like i really thought okay they might do this and but i also thought kyler murray would play so i thought it would be tough now they, they couldn't do shit they couldn't do shit, Aaron. 207 yards by Russell Wilson. I mean, and part of it, they got no run game. We know the defense, it's it's played a little better, but it's still, you know, this isn't the Legion of Boom. It's, it. I mean, it's, it's just gross looking at the box score. It's just this off. I, I mean, when did we ever expect to see the Seahawks look like this? You know, and I do think it's it. Chris Carson, it, it, him being out kind of hurt. I've never been a huge Chris Carson guy, but he's he's been better than anything we've seen from the rest of the guys this year. And now he, there's no chance of him coming back because he's having surgery on his neck. He might have already had it, but so he's done. Done. He tried to come back. He was practicing a little bit, and then no setback. He's going to have to have surgery. He's done. So it, it, it's like, you know, they're, the, the Seahawks are cooked, man. And I, like our, our, my, uh, particularly my feeling of Russell, Russ for MVP. Let's get this fucker some MVP vote. Maybe he'll win. This team is atrocious. Yeah. And I thought Russ coming back. I, I, don't get me wrong. I'm sure. You know, there's some issue with the injury to the hand that it's probably, you know, still bothersome, I would say. But still, this is just, I, I don't even know what to say, man. I, don't, I really don't. You know, the Seahawks are in unfamiliar territory because really for the past decade, well, as long as Russell Wilson's been there, the Seahawks have been a competitive team. And this is strange waters they're in right now because it's looking like it's going to be a lost season for them and when you get to the off season you have a decision to make you know do you go it's a bad season we can bounce back because sometimes things happen talk about chris carson the neck injury that takes about for the entire season do you lose key players do you go we've still got talent we just need to get our guys back run it back we can bounce back or do you do what we've really been talking about with the Seahawks and Russell Wilson the past few weeks where we haven't broken any news? This, they, there was Russell Wilson trade rumors in the offseason and another loss. They're three and seven now. You start going, yeah, this team's bad. Trade Russell Wilson, get draft picks, blow it up because you're right. They, there isn't much. There really isn't. Like the, the passing game, it's Lockett and Metcalf, and at times – it's you're lucky to get one good performance out of the duo. Um, Despite them being extremely talented receivers, the running back core is a disaster without Chris Carson. I'm with you. I've never been a big Chris Carson fan, but at the same time, just that the stability and he was well-rounded. And right now they they had four running backs touch the ball. Collins is your classic grind it out between the tackles guy. Usually like he'll, for the most part in fantasy football, you can avoid him in PPR. Like, right. Unless he's scoring touchdowns, so touchdown dependent in that role. There's Travis Homer. He has a NFL role, but that's being a, a pass protector. So mm. Usually not a lot of running game value. And because he's blocking, he's not out there catching passes. DJ Dallas, he got to run today, but he's been primarily special teams only. And then Rashad Penny... Was it he got the start, I believe, had an 18-yard carry and got hurt. And that's been that's been his story. He just he can't stay healthy. No. So, 
so many question marks. It will be an interesting offseason in Seattle. And for Seahawks fans, you know, can't feel bad. Like you've had what a decade, a decade of competitive football. You've won won a Super Bowl. You've yeah. I don't feel bad for Seahawks fans. It happens to all of our favorite teams at some point. 100% agree. And I just freaking realized I didn't start a timer for that. So we'll try and get the timer for this one. <laughs> there uh, we go. <clears throat> so that's my first one. You've got a couple that interconnect. So why don't you go ahead and go with your off with their heads for this segment? All right. I'm a Cowboys fan. We're going to get, get the painful one out of the way. They showed up incredibly flat on offense this past weekend in Kansas City against the Chiefs. They lost 19-9. to Nobody at all thought that would be the score of this game. It was a very popular pick, very chalk pick to be the highest scoring game. Now, I'm Called not Called it an obvious shootout. <laughs> right, right. It was, it was built to be an obvious shootout. Now, what I'll say is, I'm not surprised that it wasn't the highest scoring game because the Cowboys kind of slow things down, rely a little bit more on the, on the run game. But even with that, I did not expect the offense to not score a single touchdown. I don't believe they scored a touchdown. Maybe I'm, maybe I missed it. Going to confirm on that, but like, that's how nasty. Yeah. Three yeah, points. Three <laughs> I had to make sure I was like, they, they, they put me to sleep. So I was like, wait, did they score? And I just missed it because their offense just ugh, was, was bad. But the reason why I've put them in off of their heads is it's a short week this week. It is Thanksgiving game and they lost CD lamb. Amari Cooper got COVID. And from what reports were saying, he's unvaccinated was kind of what they were implying, which means he's also yeah, he, going to miss this game. Yep. Yeah. So no Cooper, no lamb. Oh, that's rough. That is rough. So thing, the Thanksgiving game, it, they're going to have to rely even more on the, on the ground game. And it's like, man, that is just not, not entertaining. Hope the Cowboys can bounce back. They I last few weeks have shown some weaknesses there. Yeah. Is it the end of the world? No, they're seven and three. They can correct those things. Yes. And there's, there was a good thing to take away on this one. Like, they Patrick Mahomes was coming off a five touchdown game and they put him right back to where he has been for most of the season. Cause my concern really, I did pick the chiefs to win, but my concern was like, Oh, Mahomes is <laughs> the, the switch is flipped. He's turning around. He's going to dominate. Mm-hmm. And we're going to use this kind of transition into the Thanksgiving game because it's Cowboys and Raiders. The Raiders are free falling. The Cowboys couple of losses in the past three games get some teams that could really use a win especially on a short week because those those weeks are brutal (laughs) you get monday to rest up but tuesday to practice wednesday to walk through so my thought on this game is the cowboys will get a win here they're just even missing some pieces they're just clearly the best team the raiders are a mess you, yeah. you have any takeaways when you started looking into this game no i'm interested to see what michael that michael gallup got 10 targets last week um mm-hmm. obviously cd lamb going out attributed to that but there's going to be no lamb right. no cooper again as you said so uh i could see i mean gallup only caught five of them 40 some yards so he's got to do better with the opportunity but I'm looking for him to have a bounce back. I think they'll bounce back. It's in Dallas Thanksgiving day. I can't see the Raiders going in there in their state and doing anything, Um, but it might be fun fantasy wise, but as you said, Dallas slowing it down a little, they're they're probably going to have to rely on their backs a lot in this game. Um, You know, we'll see. We'll see. I definitely think Dallas gets the win, but it's, it's tough to call fantasy wise. So. Absolutely. And speaking of the Raiders, I know I didn't talk too, too much about them in the Thanksgiving preview there. And we're going to try to run through Thanksgiving games quickly because there's triple the amount of Thursday games that there normally is. But the Raiders is a nice little segue into my next off of their heads. Brian Edwards. 
I, I'm an analytics guy. The profile of Brian Edwards when he came into the league was like, wow, this is a guy I love that I'm targeting second round of last year's rookie drafts. He's so good. He's got size, production, speed. When they, we couldn't predict what happened with rugs, but when the Raiders drafted both receivers, we're like, they drafted the better receiver in the third round, but he put up a goose egg and not just, Oh, he didn't catch passes. He didn't get targeted. And, and one of there, there's an advanced stat here that is starting to show us analytics people, what the people that watch tape have been telling us. And the issue here, it's, it's not a talent thing. Well, except for, for one thing I, I should say it's, the dude doesn't get open. His target separation is just miserable. And it seems that he is this complete package of what we want to build as a wide receiver. If you can't get open, Carr is not going to throw the ball to you. And, right. you know, in dynasty, you, you, you have to, you can't sell this at this moment when he put up zero catches right but you wait for that that one game where he catches a touchdown and he might have that highlight play and you're going to capitalize because brian edwards i believe has been one of maybe three players this season where each week it's a roller coaster of where his mm. value is and you know what these next these next three or four weeks in the dynasty league well if your league's got a trade deadline you've missed it right <laughs> And I'll also say to get rid of trade deadlines, allow trades to go on in playoffs, it will change your world. But the earliest, the, the next moment you get to sell Brian Edwards, you sell. And it doesn't even matter what you get at this point, because if you haven't done anything two years into your career, yes, there are late bloomers, but you are betting against the odds on that one it is better just to go what to, to go you know what i messed up this pick it it just it didn't happen we it all it happens to us in dynasty we're gonna have misses better to get what you can for them and just move on can't disagree with that man can't disagree with that at all with anything you said it's a bummer it's a bummer. Me and Chewie had a cry over it. Chewbacca and I, we uh, had a little bit of a cry, and I think we're good. But yeah, it's a bummer. That's all I can say. Uh, also a bummer, the Titans, you, you mentioned them, like A.J. Brown's banged up now. Like, it, there is, they're becoming a mess. Derrick Henry goes down, and you uh, okay, can they sustain this? And then, no Julio. No, A.J. Brown, he goes, where's the defense? The defense that we thought was getting better. The Houston Texans go in there. (laughs) Tyrod Taylor runs it in for a couple touchdowns. I mean, they really didn't, the Texans, do much at all. But compared to the tight, I mean, it was just, and there was just like a brief period of time where you thought maybe the Titans would come back in this one. But they just... Man, and you were right about Marcus Johnson. I mean, not really that he totally busted out. He got hurt. Or did A.J. Brown get hurt? That's maybe that's who I was thinking of. I thought. A.J. Brown did did get hurt in this game. Right. Okay. X-ray is negative on his chest, though, so that's good for him. Yeah. But the one I was really thinking of, because they both got hurt, but Marcus Johnson went out out pretty early. And... um, that Westbrook Akine, if I'm saying it right, I think we've went through this. He went over 100 yards, so good for him. Nice. But really, awesome. other than that, the passing game, pretty dead. Uh, Adrian Peterson was the leading rusher with 40 yards. Like it, Dontrell Hilliard, I didn't even know Dontrell Hilliard was on the Titans. He was he was somebody I was fond of when he played for the Browns, to be honest. So. I, I I saw him in the game, and I think he got hurt too. I remember seeing him get hurt. I can't remember if he reentered oh or not. Goodness. But it, it, yeah, they're just kind of a mess. And the Texans again, that Rex Burkhead, the leading rusher, like Chris Conley, the leading receiver. I mean, Brandon Cooks had two catches for eighteen yards. Like 
again, Ty- Tyrod Taylor had a couple of rushing touchdowns. That was about it. That was about it. So it, this was just what a gross game. The Titans are gross. I don't even know who to trust on that. That's a team. Me, I mean, if you have A.J. Brown, you can't not play him if you if he's, you know, healthy enough to play. But, man, this is bad right now with that offense. And, and because even when they're winning, it, I mean, it's not like they've been overly impressive offensively the last couple of weeks. So it, this is just overall Titans. A little worried, a little worried, I got to say. But uh, that's what I got. Certainly, and this was an ugly loss. And one of the things I wish I could find this, I saw it somewhere on Twitter because we do have to, we do have to give the Titans a lot of credit for this one particular thing because the Dontrell Hilliard is a perfect, perfect thing to mention on this one because Hilliard's been on their practice squad mm-hmm. and Hilliard in this game got 10 targets and caught eight passes. The reason I mention him is because the Titans have, they are on pace and they should exceed this with their luck with injuries where they have played like 83 players and and let us sink in you have a 53 man roster and you have played 83 there's 83 players different players that have put on a jersey for the titans that's fucking insane and of course like when we when we think of this we're like okay teams that those teams in nfl history that have played the most amount of players how well do we expect those teams to do? Well, they've been piss poor because of course, you know, <laughs> when you're playing that many guys, like there is, you're dealing with a ton of injuries, either that or just a horrible roster where you are just cycling the, the bottom of your roster. And the fact that even with a loss here, what the Titans is that, that puts them at eight and two or is it eight and three? Uh, I've got the standings pulled up. I, I know it's eight wins on that one and it is it's eight and three and they're still first place of the afc and to to do that to to still lead to be leading a conference through 11 games when you have dealt with all that like bravo titans on that one but yes this game (laughs) there i also agree like oh my goodness how many different running backs have we touted for the titans since Derrick Henry's gone down, the, the answer has been none of them. Right. And and in a in the land of hypotheticals, right? If Jeremy McNichols, who is the pass catching running back there, if he was healthy, like Dontrell Hilliard played that role. I know it's what ifs, but if yeah. McNichols was healthy, he'd probably be the one with the with the ten target, eight catch game. I would go, hey, like we that is the guy to play like it may be a little up and down depend on some game flow but oh good, good job to hilliard though yes to, yes it was nice seeing him it was nice seeing him for me because like I, I said i've been a fan forgot i too forgot that he was still around <laughs> <laughs> so excellent all right and then one last bonus off with my uh, off with my head because of the whole Kyler Murray, Lamar Jackson thing in the firmware. I totally would somehow, because what I had last read on both those players was they were likely to play. And then, of course, Lamar Jackson, non-COVID illness. Kyler Murray still not ready to go. And uh, so they both sat. <laughs> and, it, it, and it really was kind of well-known not too long after the infirmary report came out. So hey, it is what it is when you're dealing with injuries. You never fucking know. How, when when that shit's going to go south. So on to the mad observations. I'll try and make sure the timer gets a little heard more or something, and we'll get this going. Uh, Aaron, take us off, good sir. Start us this, off. We're going to take this us off. Feels Where the weird. hell did that come from? Sorry, sorry, go ahead. Oh, that, that's okay. This So this first one, I'm going to be a hypocrite, because I know a few weeks ago I had them with, off with their heads. But there's been a resurgence in San Francisco. Brandon Ayuk has become Brandon Ayuk. Ayukin, he's back. He's put, up some, he's put up some good performances there. And, and we are starting to see a nice trend in his last few games. Snap shares going up. Targets are going up. The production is there. 
It's like, thank you, thank you. Uh, it's nice to see. Now the question becomes <laughs> to hold, to buy, to sell. I don't even know. I feel like I sit there and I, I am very patient. But right now I like what I'm seeing. And it was super weird because it came at the cost of Debo Samuel having a single, no, it was two targets, one catch for 15 yards. But don't worry, Debo's so freaking good that he can get all this production on the ground, scored a rushing touchdown, had, oh, I don't have the stats pulled up in front of me, but it was like seven, eight carries. Eight carries, 79 yards. There we go. And I just, for these people, I get it. Debo's not your traditional wide receiver one, but good players just find ways to score points. It's, a, yeah. it's just that simple. And it was awesome to see we had Samuel with a rushing touchdown, Ayuk with a receiving touchdown, and Kittle with a receiving touchdown. Mm-hmm. And all those conversations from last year, how will these three correlate or, or how will they coexist, not correlate, how will they coexist? Like, because there's always been the debate, and it usually comes to Ayuk versus Debo. Like, you gotta, one's got to go. Now, obviously, this season, you keep Debo. But if the 49ers maybe do a little bit more of this going forward, we have our answer here. Debo's mm. just that good. He's a weapon. Ayuk needs to have catches. And you know what? Outside those three guys, forget about everyone else. Mm. You know who the wide receiver three is in San Francisco? No, no that it is Mr. Jawan Jennings. Yeah, I was trying to look down the that's who it was it's, Sunday. Yeah. It, and it, it's because of injuries. Muhammad Sanu had been the wide receiver three. He oh, got yeah, injured. That's right. And Jawan Jennings has stepped in. I, I can't even say stepped up. He has stepped in. But right. I only point out Jennings because I think there's a good chance this resurgence with Brandon Ayuk is something that is going to continue. And I'm very hopeful, very thankful for that performance because I'm huge on IU from last year. That was my rookie wide receiver crush mm-hmm. last season. You know, I hope you're right because uh, I, I love me some IU too. And I would point out, I still like me some Elijah Mitchell when healthy, obviously, because here's the thing. If you look at this game, they ran the ball a shit ton, a shit ton. Jeff Wilson had 19 carries. Trey Sermon had 10 for a whopping 32 yards. Get out of here, Trey Sermon. Debo Samuel had eight. Jimmy Garoppolo had two. Trey Lance, three. They ran a shit ton. So there's lots of ways they can incorporate Debo Samuel, obviously. I think there's no problem for this to be a highly productive. Now, the thing we got to take it take in mind is it's been a couple weeks in a row but remember this was against the Jaguars <laughs> uh so you know I'm just I'm, I'm a little hesitant to get too excited over the 49ers just because they've been been very up and down themselves this year too but I'm with you I hope I hope they keep it up because it's it's fun when this offense is rolling particularly Absolutely. fantasy Fantasy and just imagine when Trey Lance takes over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I will get into my first one. And uh, this one's all about the Colts and them doing some more stampeding. That's right. Stampeding the Bills in Buffalo into the ground. And I heard somebody mention this, that it's crazy. Like the Colts, they're a dome team, but they are straight set up for some outside November, December football with the way they play. And Jonathan Taylor, JT, has just been killing it. And he had five touchdowns, four rushing, three or uh, one receiving. He is just 185 yards. He is just on a tear. There's people throwing his name out there for MVP. And it just reminds me going back to all the debate Jonathan Taylor versus Clyde Edwards Hilaire and uh I remember a league where I had the first two picks in a draft I drafted Jonathan Taylor traded the second pick to somebody who eventually took 
Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. And then I also drafted, was it DeAndre Swift or J.K. Dobbins? One of the two. I got one of the other two top. So that was my shit. No, it's not Swift. I think I, I didn't get a chance to get him. Maybe it was Acres. Okay, now I'm done. Sorry. Nobody cares about my fantasy team. Anyway, but that's that's where it was at. Like people were that high on Edwards Hilaire. And uh and man, I just I got JT in a handful of leagues and boy, oh, he killed it. Killed it. I, I just I love it. And Carson Wentz didn't have to do too much. I mean, they they just and I would also say the Bills, okay. They've got to do something. I know it's cliche, but they, they can't, they're not, they're not some extremely superior offense to where they can just throw it all the time and not run the fucking ball. They, they need to be able to run the ball, especially heading into the playoffs, face better defenses. And if teams are kind of starting to figure out the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes and shit, they probably got an eye on what you're trying to do too. It, it just th- this offense is not the same this year and I think the lack of running game hurts him and I think then it gets a whole lot on Josh Allen and then that's when he starts making stupid fucking decisions so that's where I'm at with the Bills they also play on Thanksgiving and they go to New Orleans against the Saints team who it, they're they're another tough way they're tough to tell too but would you put it past the saints to beat the bills would you put it past that happening because i'm not no i mean it does suck it i don't know if you heard just when we thought adam Troutman was happening he's injured and he's going to be out a handful of weeks but just the yeah. saints in general the way they're coached the way they run they, they got a solid d it, you know We'll see what happens. That's probably the most interesting game of Thanksgiving. The other one being Bears versus Lions. And who cares? Who cares? We're not even going to talk about that one. We're not even going to talk about that. I love DeAndre Swift. I will always love him. But other than that, Justin Fields is going to be out for the game. Jared Goff's going to be out for the game. We're going to back up Andy Dalton versus Tim Boyle. No, thank you. No, thank you. I'll be cooking during that game. So, (laughs) but... But uh, yeah, that's where I'm at, man. I I just I want to see the Colts keep rolling. You just keep rolling, JT. You, you, you know, Wentz is going to have his times where you know you're going to have some games where you get Pittman, you know, having some some action there. And uh, Ty Hilton, if he stays healthy, maybe he gets involved too. But yeah, <clears throat> this is uh, all about Jonathan Taylor and him whooping them Bills asses and. Uh, you know, you got to be a little concerned about Buffalo. We'll see what they do. Thanksgiving, New Orleans. Timer's going off, but I, I, I want to hear what you have to say to add to it. Really, you hit you hit the nail on the head here. And I've, I've been warning people. A little fun fact is I have learned that there are people that are super, super, super high on Michael Pittman that you can't even suggest trading michael pittman in dynasty because they go what why would you do that second year receiver is playing really well and it's like yes but as you mentioned jonathan taylor offense carson Wentz had 20 pass attempts in this one and he only completed 11 and oh look michael pittman two catches for 23 yards like yes he's a talented receiver he should be commanding the highest target share but target share doesn't mean doesn't mean squat if you're throwing the ball 20 times and that's not just oh they were destroying buffalo this is how the colts play football like mm. they they have got to rely on jonathan taylor and it's a glorious thing to say i really thought the sleeper app was broken on sunday because i was grocery shopping i'm like okay stop telling me jonathan taylor scored the same touchdown it was quite amusing to see all those touchdowns come in a relatively short amount of time right but yeah that's that's my takeaway on this. Taylor is the only the only thing, the only player I want with the Colts. Like all the other mm-hmm. ones, like I've got some Michael Pittman uh, stock on Prediction Strike. They don't sponsor us, but it's it's fun. But also, I I knew when Pittman had a couple of back to back huge games, I was like, yeah, we're gonna start selling some shares, kind of make some of my money back, keep some shares because I still think in the long haul it's gonna be fine. But yeah, like I don't want to be super heavily invested in the Colts, unless it's JT. 
The only thing I would mention there is that uh, we have no idea where they're going to be at with quarterback next year because it's probably not going to be Carson Wentz. And, I mean, could they get in on, like, say, the Russell Wilson sweepstakes? I mean, you know, there's a lot of things that could happen that could make that entire offense more attractive. But right now I'm with you. This season, it's definitely that, again, Pittman will have his games, but it's the JT show. And and you just know they're going to ride him because if he goes down, they'll just throw Marlon Mack in there. So, (laughs) all right. Now, you go on to your next observation my good friend gotcha well the my first observation was brandon Ayuk, and i mentioned how he was my rookie crush last season my rookie my rookie crush this season is one mr elijah moore like Mm -hmm. i've i have i'm not afraid to go on twitter every so often and share that i took elijah moore right before Devontae smith and i stood by it even early in the season like Devontae smith was was producing i'm like it's okay we're going to give some time with Elijah Moore because once, once the Jets figure out what they got, it's game over. And guess what? Elijah Moore has been the highest scoring rookie, not rookie receiver, rookie in two of the past three weeks. And he's done that not with Zach Wilson at quarterback. No, no. He's right. done that with Mike White at quarterback for one game and Joe Flacco for the other. Like he's doing this with multiple backup quarterbacks. And if you're the Jets, you see this and you see the trend where this is the typical rookie thing. Oh, he doesn't do much in the first half of the season. Drop, 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 drop. And then we see, oh, look, rookies can improve, especially in the second half of their rookie seasons, and they start producing. It's where you find these second half league winners. Mm-hmm. And I, I do believe that's what Elijah Moore can be because are the Jets great? No, but that helps him as a wide receiver because yeah. they're going to be playing from behind. And he put up over 140 receiving yards. And it's just, it's great because you and I are analytics guys. You pull them up on player profiler. And really the only thing that doesn't stand out on his profile is you're like, oh man, but he's like 5'10", 5'9", 5'10". Okay, he's not built like Julio Jones or Calvin Johnson. Yep. Checks every other box, though. Yep. Productive early, uh, insanely high dominator rating. He's athletic. I mean, he When he played at Ole Miss, he had A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf that he shared a wide receiver room with. Right. And to still be productive, especially early uh, in his collegiate career while playing with two future top-notch NFL wide receivers is key. And of course, I know this is a long time ago, but AJ Brown, when Elijah Moore was drafted, was was telling him, "Man, you can do things that I can't do." And that's that's what Carryon Johnson said to DeAndre Swift. Now, AJ Brown, much better player, but like that should have been that should have been a sign for people. Elijah Moore is special, right? And for the patient people, like I've had fourteen team leagues where, yeah, I've been holding on to Elijah Moore because when you got leagues like that. Who, who the heck are you going to pick up? Like, yeah, I wasn't starting him. I was waiting for these games, but man, it felt great to hold on and then be like, I got some wide receiver options here. So Elijah Moore, welcome to the league, man. This, this mm-hmm. stretch, this three week stretch has been fun to watch. Yes, indeed. And they didn't pick up the win. The Dolphins did. And I would say props to Tua. He seems to be playing a little bit better. Uh, But Jalen Waddle not doing nearly as much as one Elijah Moore. So we'll see how this Dolphins team goes. But uh, finally, a good game from Miles Gaskin. Just got to mention that. But yeah, I'm with you, man. You know me. I was a fan, too. And I became more of a fan because of you. Because it's like, yeah, yeah, he's right. Fucking Elijah Moore is great. So, and, uh, it, you know, it was really nice. There was a lot of drafts where it was like, get one of the Moors, get you some Elijah or some Rondale Moore, get one of those guys. And yeah. I think most of my teams, most of my squads, I have one of the rookie Moors rostered. So I feel pretty good about that. Um, and there goes the time. But uh, yeah, so very good observation there, my friend. And I will go to what I would like to call Well, first of all, before I get into it, I'm going to say the Minnesota Vikings, 
they used to have what they referred to as the Randy Ratio. And people have wondered, what do they, would they need something for Justin Jefferson? Because he's just been killing it. I mean, just been killing it. I mean, he had the big rookie year last year. He's already, I'm trying, there was a stat where he's already tied Moss in something. I think it's games over 100 yards, I want to say. And it, for the first two years of the of, of their career, first two seasons of the career, and he's still got seven games to go, you know? So, <laughs> and so he could very, very easily break that. Um, but I would like to call it the Jefferson quotient. That's what I would like to call it. The Randy ratio, the Jefferson quotient. Now, this dude, eight catches, 169 yards, two touchdowns. They need to make sure. This is why we love the Vikings offense this year. You know, I thought there would be, honestly, a little bit of regression. And there was with Thielen a little bit throughout the year there has been. And uh, Justin Jefferson maybe isn't booming quite as much as he was last year. But this offense can score. All the main guys got the touchdowns, you know, and that's the other great thing. We know who's going to get the majority of the work in this offense. Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, you know, you're going to have, we've talked about this. You're going to have your Conklin sprinkled in, but it's those guys. It's consolidated. We love that. And particularly on an offense that generally puts up points and they take out the Packers, but Hey, they started to come back, had a good day. Aaron Rodgers almost 400 yards, four touchdowns, but he's got a toe thing. He's got a toe thing. And I would point out AJ Dillon, 11 carries 53 yards, six catches, 44 yards. So not bad, but, uh, MVS was actually the big guy for them. He had the one big catch um, that was like 75-yard touchdown, something like that. Uh, But MVS, over 100 yards and a touchdown if anybody was starting him. And then, you know, Devontae Adams did his thing. So this was a hell of a game, high scoring like we thought it was going to be. And uh, the Vikings pull off the upset. The Packers might be in a little trouble if Aaron Rodgers continues to have some toe issues. Right. Absolutely, and because Green Bay, Green Bay does not play on Thanksgiving. I don't know why I was thinking yeah. that, but yeah, because this Green Bay is going to go where Aaron Rodgers goes. We saw that in the one game that he missed with Jordan Love. Indeed, and with Green Bay, I like what we're seeing with AJ Dillon because really the only criticism with him was how involved will he be in the passing game? Because that's true. You're right about that. Yeah. Because six targets, and I don't even think six, six targets, six catches, and that that's why that's why like a player profiler, we were touting him as like, hey, this guy can win you leagues. A lot of people go, oh, but Aaron Jones is going to be out for like one to two weeks. But sorry, it, if you're believing that, like you, you're foolish. You just are. Like you're getting you're getting that information from the coach, not even the player, right? Like the player probably as the close can give you the best timeline and then next will be the doctor right but you're hearing it straight from the coach on that one and look there's a chance that jones doesn't come back for the for the rest of like fantasy football season that i think that's more likely than like the stupid timeline they put out there and with dylan you know we just hadn't seen it in college but it's there was there was some upside to it because he's a fast guy. He was, he was not a plotter. So it is really awesome to see that people that took a gamble on him in rookie drafts last year, it's paying off. It's looking pretty nice. The guy you took in the second round, probably mm-hmm. you're giving first round plus on that. Yeah. So, and you covered everything with the Vikings there. It's a really easy team. It's nice as analyst of this game that the Vikings, we usually aren't too surprised on things. Right. Okay, go ahead, my friend. Awesome. So earlier you mentioned the Jonathan Taylor game, and that was a massive game, but it wasn't the only huge running back performance. One Mr. Austin Eckler had his four-touchdown game, two on the ground, two through the air. I want to say that this is the first time 
since unless did they said it was 2004 that we've had two players score four or more touchdowns on the same day like and i think because of that like it's super weird that there hasn't been a whole lot of recognition for austin eckler some of that just may be taylor got to it first and we were still just like jaws dropped on the floor because he had over 200 yards from scrimmage but but eckler my goodness tearing apart that steelers defense Uh, and truth be told everyone tore apart that Steelers defense that's true ah, if Justin Herbert wasn't doing it through the air with not just Eckler but Keenan Allen and Mike Williams Mike Williams for the first time in a century uh, had a fantasy relevant performance good for him he, he remembered yeah. how to play football it was it's it was great and but if Herbert wasn't doing it through the air he had nine carries for 90 yards on the ground like it's mm-hmm. Going into this, the Chargers have, have not been playing their best football. And a lot of people are going, ah, yeah, I mean, Steelers, they got a really good defense. And, well, the Chargers just kind of laughed at that. Yeah, lit that we'll up. Chalk, we'll chalk it up to a bad day for the Steelers' defense because, yes, overall on the season, they have performed much, much better. But today – Finally, we saw what we thought the Chargers offense would be all season. And it was nice to see, especially with Austin Eckler, who is easily the most likable or rootable player for in fantasy football. Hard to disagree with, man. Hard to disagree with. I really don't have anything to add. You pretty much nailed everything on that one, in my opinion. Uh, the, the, the Herbert rushing was phenomenal. I, I enjoyed that. That was actually a, a pretty fun game last night as the Steelers did try and make a comeback. But uh, yes, <clears throat> rather enjoyed that game. Think you covered it well. Bolt up. Let's see what they do next week. Um, mixing it up. That's the next one for me. I actually think I've used that as a title for something already once this season. But mixing it up, the Bengals, and we thought this one, this one was one... Um, we thought could be a bit of a sneaky shootout. And, you know, one team was definitely shooting it out. The Bengals, uh, <clears throat> Joe Mixon rolls for 123 yards, two touchdowns. I, I, I guess I shouldn't say they were shooting too much because Burrow only 148 yards and a touchdown, but this was all about Joe Mixon. So, it, you know, he would probably be talked about more if not for the big games from Taylor and from Eckler, you know, because otherwise, I mean, 123 and two, Mixon had a big day. And this is the kind of shit that we, these are the kinds of games, the kinds of performances that we've been waiting to see from Mixon since he was drafted. And he's really put together. I talked about this recently, I think in the last pod. Mixon's put together a hell of a year so far. So mm-hmm. props to him. It's good to see on the other side of the ball. We mentioned the Raiders are a mess. Now they're going to have to go play the Cowboys in Dallas on Thanksgiving, where they're going to be pissed off. And yeah, they're going to be missing some receivers, but uh, this could be, if they just let Joe Mixon run all the fuck over him, what do you think Zeke and Tony Pollard are going to do? The same shit. Right if Dallas goes that way. So uh, I just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you love you some Darren Waller offensively, but other than that, that there's not a damn thing to say. That's that. It, I just, Joe Mixon, mixing it up. Good to see, man, because this, like I said, this is exactly what we've been wanting to see with this guy. So it's, it's nice to finally see it. Yeah. And, and one of the things I am checking here in live time, but I'll, I'll be talking to is, Mixon really has had a fantastic PPR fantasy football season. Mm -hmm. And you know what? I'll always call myself out on that. I haven't been the biggest Joe Mixon fan, and maybe because I've been burned a handful of times in the past. But, you you know, it was was like, you know, Mixon is this – he is a great talent. Profile checks out, and it's like, awesome. And you're correct. This is the type of line that we expect to see. But we've always been like, well – 
well, where's the catching? And it's funny to mention that because I don't think he was even targeted in this game. Not that they really particularly needed it, right. but Mixon, Mixon's had some games where he hasn't been able to get it going on the ground. Is that his fault? Not entirely. And on the other side on that one, it's just been, he, he's made up for it because of his pass catching. And the right. thing I wanted to check, let's see real quick. This is insane. So Joe Mixon, because I was like, how many points did he score? Surely he finished in the top five. He did. He finishes RB4 this week. And that is his fourth top five fantasy running back performance on the week in his past five games. Because one of the things that people have been critical with Mixon is they go, he's not consistent. He you can look at last season. I don't, let's see. It, it was a ridiculous, what, 40 point game. I've, I'm pulling it up on good old sleeper. Cause I remember it was like, he scored 46 point, 42 points, 42 points. And like the rest of the season that he played, it was injury shortened season. It like that 42 point performance was a massive percentage of his points and that was where the complaints came from they're like yeah he won you that week but based on being what was he like a second round pick last year that they're like he didn't help you win this year with Nixon now he's giving you those massive performances and the scary thing is he's doing it consistently and just thinking long term here with Cincinnati they're building something they are like I don't know about this season but they are trending in the right direction and you like to see it because they they've been bad for a while. So it's cool to see that at least offensively here, they got something going. They're putting the right pieces together. They're a team to watch, especially as Pittsburgh is with big Ben, probably his last season with them out Cleveland, just maybe being the biggest disappointment. And, you know, Baltimore, Baltimore's top competition there being the top team. Yeah, not just this season, but in future seasons, Cincinnati yeah. Bengals. Woo. Real deal. All right, buddy. Hit us with your last observation. I love this one. Back in February, I had an article called the Konami kid, the next greatest Konami code. Oh, yes. quarterback. Here we go. Mr. Jalen Hurts. Everyone was high on Jalen Hurts, but no one wanted to. No, no one had the balls to go Jalen Hurts, QB1. Everyone's like, yeah, you know, top eight. Well, no, duh. Any rushing quarterback has top eight upside. Uh, top five. Okay, let's let's go. If you really believe in this guy, I said Jalen Hurts, 2021, the QB1. Now, on some technicalities right now, he currently is the QB1 in fantasy football. I'll have to add, he hasn't had his bye week yet. But this week, this performance was great because what I told you, he had a quarterback complete 13 of his 24 passes, 147 yards, no touchdowns. And he didn't throw any interceptions at least. But, yeah, what if I told you that quarterback would end up scoring? We're going to get the exact number here. He ended up being – one of three quarterbacks this week to score over 30 fantasy points. He finishes QB three on the week with 30.8 fantasy points, despite not topping 150 passing yards, despite barely completing 50% of his passes and not throwing a touchdown. He scored over 30 fantasy points because of what he can do on the ground, because he can go out there and score three touchdowns. And he's had, multiple games with multi rushing touchdown performances like this when people go oh it's a fluke it's a fluke no he is he is able to and philadelphia has really changed the way that they've been playing football lately they are playing like the baltimore ravens and that article back in february i i pulled all the similarities there of just how similar Lamar Jackson's rookie season and Jalen Hurts' rookie season was. And I said, they totally flipped the playbook. And Nick Sirianni is an idiot. He is. But he seems to have finally gotten it. And now Philadelphia is on a two-game win streak. 
they are getting closer to Dallas. Like it's, it's two and a half games like they, and there's still enough football there and they're starting to play better in Philadelphia. Scary, scary team. And just yep. think about what hurts upside is just think of when he, and he is shown Lamar Jackson was having QB one seat, like the QB one seasons and he couldn't sniff. 300 passing yards. Jalen Hurts had back-to-back games this season with 300 yards passing in both games. And last season, as a rookie coming in and only starting four games, he had at least one game with 300 passing yards. Like that's that's why Hurts has so much upside. He's got all the things we loved about Lamar Jackson. Plus, oh yeah, he's got a cannon for an arm, and he has the potential for those 300-yard games that Lamar Jackson just doesn't. That's why I am pumped. We are, he, he is right there. This huge performance has put him on track to still claim that QB1 title. And, oh, I'll be retweeting that all day, every day, if that's how it ends up being. Hell yeah, dude. I did. I was with you. I drafted a shit ton of Jalen Hurts. And mm-hmm. um, so I was on board with him too. And my only worry was, as we went through the off season and even beginning of the season, she's kind of like, is this, are they going to do this team, this organization enough to support this dude, to give him the opportunity. And uh, it, it's just great to see where it's at now. Great to see where it's at now. So Love it. excellent observation. I will go with another quarterback for my final one. And that is super cam. Now, I realize he didn't that the Panthers didn't win the game and I'm going to get into that in a second, but it was just nice to see him back. I mean, we talked about it last week, but it was nice to see it again. And you kind of wonder, okay, is this something that's going to be able to work? And some people mentioned, Hey, they should just go PJ Walker and use cam sparingly. Um, But Hey, he went out there 189 yards passing two touchdowns and uh, 10 rushes for 46 yards and another touchdown. So that's kind of, I mean, hopefully you get a little more passing out of him eventually, but this is not far off from Cam. I mean, he seems to fit with this team well. And, uh, you know, I know there had to be the question of, you know, he's been away. It's a different team. Is he some... You know, I think he's played with, with McCaffrey before, right? Uh, yeah. You know, so it's not like everything's foreign to him, but how's this going to look? And it seems to look fine. M- McCaffrey still got his. Uh, DJ Moore got a touchdown. We'd like to see him get some more um, receptions, more yardage. But, it, you know, not bad for the offense. Now, <clears throat> the thing is they lost the game because Taylor Heineke actually played really fucking well. 200 yards, three touchdowns. Um, Antonio Gibson chipped in. He had uh, 95 yards rushing. Terry McLaurin, we're finally seeing some games from him that we expect to see. He went over 100 with a touchdown. And uh, Washington just, you know, they, they've been playing some good football lately, beat the Bucks, And uh, then they come to Carolina and spoil Cam's return. So it's good on them. And, uh, you know, I'd like to see this keep going with Taylor Heineke. I'd like to be able to trust more, you know, Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin. So it's good when the offense is playing like this. And again, it's about super cam, man. Glad to see him back and, and knowing that the offense is not only that this is going to work, but this is, this is going to be better than Sam Darnold. <laughs> you, you know, better than PJ Walker. This this is going to be good for the Carolina offense as a whole. This is going to work for the rest of the year, and we'll see what they do with it. Absolutely, and, and I take away. Hey, first off, yes, like Cam Newton and Panthers. It just it, it just works. It's nice to see they're clearly meant for each other too. Because it wasn't that long ago, like it was start of the season. And Cam Newton gets released by the by the Patriots, mm-hmm. and okay, he doesn't get a waiver claim. That was expected because kind of like Odell Beckham, financial stuff. It wasn't right. really on the player. But then no one picks him up, and you start going, man, like this. 
a career that was so electrifying, like you thought it was fizzling out or you thought it had already fizzled out. And right. Like, we'll use past tense there. And just to, just to see, see this, it's, you know, if you're the Panthers, I know this is a no brainer here, but you keep Cam Newton in the rest of the season because yeah. there's, there's multiple reasons. You're obviously a much better football team, a much better offense. Cause like there's the little things too, where like he's on the sideline and able to, he, he's able to rally the troops. He's a leader. And mm-hmm. Cam Newton, I know is one of those guys that gets a lot of hate uh, online. I've never understood it. I've always been like, you know, best is he the best passer now like but i'm i go he just he wins he could say that he lost this game but like this <laughs> competitor he i mentioned I earlier in this podcast yeah and i mentioned earlier in this podcast like good players just find ways to be productive and that's mm-hmm. what he does yep. and the interesting thing to watch he brought up sam donald and my goodness like the Panthers messed up the quarterback position just multiple times, you know, the trade for Darnold's, which I think anyone with a brain could, could see that that was going to be a disaster. Like just no, the, the fourth year breakout for a former first round quarterback. No, they, and because they took Donald, they went, Oh, we can't take, you know, Justin Fields or Mac Jones at quarterback. So great. You whiffed on, you know, a rookie quarterback being cheap there. <laughs> and then they picked up because of the trade, like naturally, okay, you trade for a player, you follow through and you pick up the fifth year option. So they got Darnold under contract for 19 million. I want to say it's fully guaranteed. It'll be interesting. Oh, there's going to be some weird stuff there. It's a $19 million cap hit. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Darnold get extended as weird as that sounds like they get, they're probably going to drop that cap at $19 million for a quarterback that isn't going to start. And what would be just heartbreaking in this is if they can't keep, like they should keep Cam Newton, but because you're paying so much money for the backup quarterback, they may go, we can't afford Cam Newton. And then he goes to Washington, Ron Rivera and everything that that would just be another slap in the face he finally finally found a quarterback mid-season nonetheless that's able to get your team productive and because of past quarterback mistakes you can't even keep them but i'll be rooting for cam newton to the panthers because it's just it's just right it's just right right yeah well let's not forget they had him in the first fucking place I mean, (laughs) so, all right. Well, unless you got anything else, I know we didn't hit on a couple of games, such as like the Browns stinking it up, uh, even though they won. And then, and then the, the, the Ravens game, which actually the Ravens bears might've been more interesting. I guess it was kind of interesting anyway, because it was a close game, but, uh, and, and Ty Hunley, good to see him come out and do some shit. Um, So good for him. And, uh, you know, bummer to see, again, Justin Fields that makes that Detroit-Chicago game just blah on Thanksgiving. But really, there's nothing much else to hit, so I don't know if you have any final thoughts, my friend. Only one thing here, and that is Matt Matt Nagy, that time is approaching because currently in the NFL, the Bears have the largest – active losing streak in the league they have a six game losing streak and i know we went oh chicago and detroit on thanksgiving there's one narrative to watch if detroit beat chicago gives them their seventh straight loss like you have to yeah like happy thanksgiving you're fired like i'm rooting for detroit i i've never <laughs> for them a lot this year but like that is if never there's one thing detroit to watch on thanksgiving and then now i want to watch now I want yeah. to watch to see the Bears get beat. You've just convinced they, me. I am now excited about this game. And I know, <laughs> like, it's since the offseason, you and I have been like, just get rid of, like, ugh, yes. it's so bad. But it's gotten bad because also, I know I said one thing, but just real quick on this game, you mentioned Huntley, backup quarterback, Devontae Freeman, the corpse of Devontae Freeman started at running back, no Marquise Brown. And yet the Ravens still were able to get a come from behind victory on the road. Was it 
Was it a pretty win? No, but ugly wins are wins and just a telling sign like this should have been a Bears win. And don't give me the, oh, Justin Fields got hurt. The other team didn't have their starting quarterback for right. the entire game. So, And Tyler Huntley is a lot less experienced than a one red rifle, Mr. Andy Dalton. Right. And you know what? Matt Nagy might be on LinkedIn pretty dang soon. I don't like rooting for people to get fired, but dude's got to go. Sorry. But he, dude's got to go. I don't want people to get fired, but in the NFL, there's only 32 head coaching jobs, and there's more qualified options there yeah. than Mr. Matt Nagy. 100% agreed. And I will add on, don't forget to like, subscribe, all of that stuff. Make sure you're checking out the new YouTube channel, the Dynasty Wonderland Podcast. Make sure you get on that. Otherwise, hey, we're getting the hell out of here. Aaron, you have a wonderful week. And too, uh, hey, maybe we get oh, on at God. some point and chat some, uh, you know, some Turkey Day football. But speaking of everyone, have a wonderful Turkey Week and a wonderful Thanksgiving. And we'll chat with you again soon. From the chatter and the captain, we're out of here. Well, man. Yeah. And I like to see you.